You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I don't know if you've noticed, but um, since the beginning of the year, my, my uh, first opportunity uh, to, to stand up here uh, this year was 1st of January, and we spoke about uh, being sons of God, sons and daughters of God. It's a technical term, isn't it? Sons of God. Being part of God's family, sonship, identity in Christ. And we spent some time as a church exploring that for, uh, uh, for a little while. Um, Ruth spoke about the goodness of God, his father heart, and we spent some time looking at the characteristics of God, who God is, uh, and just what does that mean for us as, as people. And we talked a couple of months back about joy and hope and experiencing joy and hope in our lives because of who God is, because of our relationship with him. You see a theme starting to come together here. It's about relationship, it's about Father God, and it's about you and me having that Father relationship He's our father, we're his children. We've got that intimate relationship together. We, uh, Ruth spoke um, last month, I missed it unfortunately, uh, about the culture of honour, the royal law, the law of love and honouring one another and being part of that. And that's what, you know, honouring relationships, honouring the relationship that we have together. And today we're going to move to valuing God's presence. Valuing God's presence. And you know, what better day than Pentecost Sunday? to be valuing God's presence. Ah, wow. So, uh, so I come in a little bit nervous this morning. Ruth will tell you I've, I found it really hard to prepare. Um, to know what to say, because I want to say this, and I want to say that, and I want to say the other. But most of all, I want to encourage us to have the experience. You know? Pentecost Sunday. Pentecostal thinking. Pentecostal. We're here in a Pentecostal church. It's about experiencing God in intimate relationship. Oh, it's exciting stuff. Well, it is anyway. I think so. It's good. So, uh, let me start with just, just a quote, and then let's, which is sort of overarching everything that we've been talking about. Um, uh, it, it's um, one of my favourites, as, as, as ever, one of Bill Johnson's. Um, it, it goes like this. Revelation is initially for relationship. That which God reveals to us is initially for our relationship with him. Okay, so revelation is initially for relationship and ultimately for the transformation of our lives, to change us, to make us different people, to make us like him. We are transformed by a renewed mind. We know that from Romans 12 too. And transformed people transform cities, nations, places, because of who we are, and what we do when we're there. We carry something with us, because we carry the presence of God with us. So that's overarching all of what we've been talking about and what we're going to continue to talk about over these last few months. Father just doesn't want us just to grow in knowledge. He wants us to grow in experience. He doesn't just want us to grow in understanding some principles. He wants us to value and experience his presence. Principles are great, really useful, but if all we have is principles, we're actually seeking a kingdom without a king. Because if we just want principles for the kingdom, we will be able to operate them ourselves. But if we seek the king, we will actually truly have a kingdom, because kingdom is about his rule and reign in our lives, whereas if we have just principles, we cannot, you know, okay, I'm I'm not explaining myself while I don't think, so let me try that from a different angle. There are a lot of great 
principles in the Bible that business people teach. Things like tithing even, giving 10%. That's a, big, that's a biblical principle and yet it's something that business people teach because they know it works. That's number one. What other things? Uh, things like um, wanting the good of somebody else. The golden rule as people talk about it. But we know that it's impossible to truly live the golden rule unless we have the relationship with Christ himself. So there are principles that are possible, but if we, don't, if we just have the principles and not the relationship, we're missing out on the whole of really what it's all about. I think I'm sort of explaining that, but maybe I'm not. But let me, let's go right back to the beginning, shall we? Right back to the beginning. Genesis. Love the book of Genesis. I think it's brilliant. Wow. Well, the Bible's brilliant, but you know what I mean. Um, I just really like going back to the beginning. It's one of those, those great things. Um, th there's a, a principle of scripture and a principle that one of our friends teaches a lot, which is that how a thing begins is often how it ends. And so I think it's really good to actually start at the beginning. So starting at Genesis is probably a good idea, don't you think? I think it is, Robin. Yes, I think so too. The original order of things was God created the world. He created Adam and Eve and he placed them in a garden to the east of Eden. He placed them in a garden and he, asked, he, he had relationship with them. Do you know, in, in that garden it talks about the cool of the evening. and whew, It's not that warm here even and yet I could do the cool of the evening. But in the cool of the evening was that lovely time, that nice time when God would come and walk with Adam and Eve and relate to them in the cool of the evening. Have you read that? Know that? Okay, okay. But as it happened, as we know, there was the fall, and in Genesis 3:8 we read, and they, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Even though God was present there very much with them, and we know God is everywhere, he's present in all things. But there's a time when he's specially present. And he was specially present in the garden, having that special relationship with Adam and Eve. And even in that time, there was the possibility, or at least in Adam and Eve's minds there was, to hide from him and from his presence. That outcome of the fall has been one of those things that has been true for all of us, all of our lives. We have been trying to hide from God until that moment when he revealed something to us and started calling us to himself. And then we started seeking after him. Maybe that's not true for you, but that's true for me. I know that God has sought me out, I know that he's called me, and I know that as I've sought him, he has revealed himself to me in relationship. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I've experienced that. But with Adam and Eve, the great intimacy was lost. With Adam and Eve, our willingness to be in his presence, even as a believer, got less and less of a priority for us. As we think about Pentecost and Pentecostalism, Pentecost, you know, when it started, was the Holy Spirit came and just blew everything away. Holy Spirit came and filled the people there, filled the, 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 uh, the disciples in the upper room, and they went out and they preached a message which was a blinding message, absolutely amazing. In the same sort of way, when the Holy Spirit moved in the 19... Hundreds, early 1900s, 1906, and so on with Azusa Street. There was a move of, of God's Holy Spirit. There was an amazing move of His Spirit. People were changed. There was masses of, of change going on, and, and the church was completely turned, turned upside down. 
But within a generation, that became institutionalized, and people learned the principles rather than the spirit and the relationship. And in the same way, with Adam and Eve, they began to learn the principles of what God wanted rather than the relationship that he had. And in our lives, quite often, we're quite happy to read our Bible to look for principles, which aren't wrong, I'm not saying they're wrong, but instead of looking and reading our Bibles for relationship with Father. Yeah? So, it's like this. Um, Ruth and I um, have a relationship together, obviously. We've been married 30 years of, as of this summer, so we've learned to know something about one another. But if I just work on the principles of what I know about Ruth, that's really not going to increase our relationship much. I have to spend some time with her. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I think that's true for all of us. We need to be spending that time with people. So let me move on. Let me move on, because I'm laboring a point. I told you, I didn't really know how to prepare for this day, because I want to get across to you something that is really important to my heart that I want to share with you, that it's about relationship. And I keep saying it, but it's about relationship. It's about us having a relationship with Father and valuing that time with him. So, um, King David was one of those guys that was a man after God's own heart. That's what it says in the scripture. King David was a prototype for us, if you like, because King David was not just a king, but he was also a priest. In the sense that he was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies where nobody else should go except the priest. Wow. So hear that intimacy with God. And he said this in one of his Psalms. And I love this. This is really good. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's Psalm 16:11. Do you know where else that's written? Where else the Bible says that very same thing? Hmm? One of the Gospels? It might well be, actually, yes, but no, that's not what I was thinking of. Um, we've got Bible school students, we've got teachers at Bible school. Come. Where else is it? What day is it today? Where might it be? Okay, so in Acts chapter 2, Peter quotes this very verse from the Psalms. He says, for you will not, so quoting from David about Jesus, and the rest of the psalm goes like this, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and the tomb is with us to this day. But let me also speak to you, he went on to say, of the Lord Jesus, whom you crucified, who today is... Risen, alive, resurrected, and that is of whom we preach. Because Jesus was alive. Because this psalm relates specifically to that resurrection life. It relates specifically to that relationship that we can have with God because Jesus put it all right for us. Wow. Put back together that relationship from the beginning which was spoiled by Adam and Eve. Jesus came as the second Adam and put us back in relationship with Father. Wow. Amazing. There's a direct link between resurrection life and the presence of God. And you know, you know by now, I think, that I really like the, the, the Passion Translation. And the Passion Translation takes the relationship that we have 
from New Testament into the Old Testament and sort of reads the Old Testament with a New Testament perspective. And this is how it puts that same psalm. My heart and soul explode with joy, full of glory. Even my body will rest confident and secure. So it'll even have an impact on my body. Wow. For you will not abandon me to the realm of death, nor will you allow your Holy One to experience corruption. But here's the bit. For you bring me continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to bliss that brings me face to face with you. Face to face with you. Do we know of anybody who met face to face with God? Do we? In the Bible? Moses. Okay, this is a bit like Sunday school, isn't it? I don't know, I never went to Sunday school, but I'm guessing it probably is. Asking you questions and looking for answers. Moses met Jesus, uh, met, met, met God face to face. So we're going to have a quick read from Exodus chapter 33. No slides today, reason being, um, I wasn't sure where I was going, so couldn't really give you slides. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Exodus chapter 33, and we're going to read from verse 7 onwards. Exodus 33, starting at verse 7. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched. I'm guessing all the kids and, and family and everybody did. It wasn't just the men. Although we do tend to like to stand and watch, don't we? As men sometimes. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. It, it goes on, and it talk, as it goes on, it talks about... Um, a debate that Moses has with God and says, I'm not going anywhere unless your presence goes with me. And God reassures him and says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So we're just going to take those first few verses there, look at those, those verses of, of, Psalm, of Exodus 33. Now, the Old Testament is written for our example. It's given there for us to, to learn from. Moses, though, is one of the Old Testament greats who saw God face to face. But what did Jesus say about those that were from the Old Testament? The greatest prophet of the Old Testament was, was, was yes, but less than those of us that believe. Those of us who believe now are greater than the greatest of the Old Testament. So we've got a greater experience and a better possibility. 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about us now being able to see with unveiled faces and to reflect God's glory. So we're going to look at this with a New Testament thinking to it. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay, I hope I'm not puzzling you too much this morning. 
So we're going to go through and look at some principles, but principles for us to seek his presence. Not principles just for the sake of principles. Is that okay? Okay, good. So, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. So Moses went and he separated himself from the hubbub of day-to-day -day life. He separated himself from the normal, he separated himself from what was going on, and he placed a tent outside the camp so that he could have that solitude and opportunity to be and meet with God. Do you know of anybody else who did that, who took time out to go and... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like Sunday school, isn't it? If you don't know the answer, it's Jesus. Um, it is this morning. Jesus is the answer. That Jesus took time out, didn't he? So in the busyness of life, when he was the one that everybody was looking to, he took time out and he went to a remote place and prayed. We each of us need to take some time out and find our own remote place. Now, I don't know, do you, I guess we all have pretty busy lives, don't we? And we find it difficult sometimes to find some time and that place to take aside. Maybe we've got a busy household and we can't find the right place. Well, I'd really strongly suggest you nominate a place, whether it be walking the dog or whether it be sitting down in a comfy chair or wherever it happens to be that you have as your place. But nominate a place where you're going to separate yourself to be able to hear God. Do that as a regular routine. As you do it as a routine, it becomes a habit. As it becomes a habit, it becomes a lifestyle. As it becomes a lifestyle, then it ends up being your destiny. Separate yourself regularly. Come apart from the crowd. The key phrase is outside of the camp. That was the first one. The second thing, seek God with all your heart. If you read it there, it says, And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, all the people rose. So everyone who sought the Lord, they went, they made an effort to go and to seek the Lord. Do you know, we have God's presence by his grace, but we receive his presence by us searching for him and looking for him. We have to make an effort, we have to make a choice. It's not in response to what we have done, it's not our works that do it, it's by his grace, but he looks for us to seek after him and to find him. Separate yourself is the first thing. Second thing, seek God with all your heart. Do you know we've been, um, over the last few months, Ruth and I have had the, the, the privilege of, with, with Donna and Tyler to be part of our marriage course here and to talk about the marriage course. And in the marriage course we talk about having marriage time or date night or whatever you might want to call it. There are those times you have to make and carve out special time to be together. You need to make that effort. And it's not because you don't want to, but it's because everything pushes in upon you and burdens come and things pull you and distract you in other ways. You have to make an effort. And in the same way with meeting with God, we need to take our time and make an effort. Um, uh, for myself, uh, you know, one of the things, boys growing up, boys aren't boys anymore, boys are men now, 19 and 23, still trying to find something to do with them, to be with them, to spend time with them. Why? Simply because spending time with them is important. Not necessarily to talk about deep and meaningful things, but to just let them know that I'm there. In the same way God wants us to spend time with him, to let us know that he's there. So. God make, goes out of his way just like I do to find things for us, find times for us, find opportunities for us to meet with him and spend time with him. And he will even listen 
to those things that actually are not that interesting to us, to him. Because he's God of the world, the God of the universe, God of all things. You know, can you imagine? Um, okay, what are you looking at me, Daft? Because of me, as if I'm talking heresy. Let me give you an example. So yesterday, we met some some relatives we'd never met before. Met some fresh new relatives. One of them was a nine-year-old. His nine-year-old, and nine-year-old, and everybody else was sort of adults. This nine-year-old, he, he was really not wanting to chat. Was not really wanting to be involved with the adult conversation, etc bit out of his water, wasn't quite sure what was going on. So you start making conversations, wearing a t-shirt, so we start talking about the t-shirt. Turns out the t-shirt then leads on to a discussion about Marvel comics, talks about Marvel magazines, talks about the, the films, we start talking then about that, then he wants to, then we start building a relationship and he starts talking to me about Minecraft and shows me Minecraft and this is how you do it and, and I'm, you know, really inside I, I, I would almost want to glaze over and go, really? Really? You know, this is not really that interesting to me. But it made a point of connection with him and he valued the opportunity to have some time with an adult who was actually listening to him and was actually paying some attention to him. And at the end of the day, it was like, we'd never met them before, but at the end of the day, it was like, when are you going to come and see us again? Now, I'm not trying to big me up, I'm just trying to say that that's what God's like with us. He wants to spend some time with us, listening to the things that we might think, why would he be interested? He is desperately interested to know that you and me and every last feature of our lives. It's one, you know, we also talk in the marriage course about love languages. And it really is one of God's love languages to spend time, quality time with us. That's what he wants. He wants to spend quality time with us. Okay, I'm getting off track. I've got five points. I've got six minutes. So, We'll wish well, three more to go. So you're okay. We're getting there. So the first thing, separate yourself regularly. That's a good thing to do. Seek God with all your heart. Be prepared to be watched. Yeah? Be prepared to be watched. When you seek God, when you go out and you look, you spend some time and you carve out some space, be prepared to be watched. Jesus was watched at the people wrote down that he went and what he did. They recorded it. They knew what had happened. People will watch you and want to know what it is you're doing. When you're on holiday or when you're somewhere out of the ordinary and you're taking that moment out to stop and to pray and to be in God's presence, people will watch you and wonder what it is you're doing. It's there in, in verse 8. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose, and each one stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he'd gone into the tabernacle. But even as they watch you, in that moment, still spend that time with God. There's a story of um, Susanna Wesley, who's John Wesley's mom. Susanna Wesley uh, married at 19. She married a, a, a clergyman from the Church of England. Uh, she had 19 children in 19 years, um, nine of which died as babies. And so she had 10 kids in the household all at the same time. You can imagine. It was a busy household. And the opportunity for her to carve out time to spend with God was really difficult. So what she'd do, she'd have a particular chair that she'd sit on in the kitchen. And she'd sit on her chair after doing all the chores and sorting everything out and the kids playing around her. She would sit on her chair, she would have her apron on, she would lift her apron up and put it over her head. And that was her space where she would meet with God. People were watching her, but she didn't care because she wanted to meet 
with God. We can all carve out some time to meet with God, whatever our circumstance, whatever our situation. We can all carve out some time to have that presence with him if we have the right attitude towards what it is we're doing. So be prepared to be watched. Learn to listen and to respond to Father. Do you know this is one of the most difficult things? Because we think that when we come into his presence, we should pray, and we should pray, and we should pray, and we should keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. But actually, when we come into the presence of God, when we come into Father's presence, he wants to spend time with us and share with us some of his secrets. You know, it's one of the things that, that, that I love about spending time with family is just, just the fact that you can just sit together. You don't necessarily have to talk lots, but you're together. You're comfy with one another. You know one another. You're at ease. There's that sense of security and of well-being. The Father wants to give us that as we meet with him. But he also, <coughs> excuse me, also wants to speak to us. And we need to be listening and prepared to hear what he says. And you know that it's not just about what is commanded. Yes, we should obey what is commanded. But we're not listening to God all the time for commands. Because commands are given to servants. And yes, we are servants, but we're also sons and daughters. So we're also listening for those secrets. For those little nuggets, for those little pieces of information that he wants to give us. The directions, the suggestions, the possibilities. God wants us to be grown-up sons and daughters, not ones that have to take commands all the time. When children are small, you give them direction. As they grow up, you give them less and less, and hopefully they've learned to mature and grow in the same way he wants us to mature and grow together. And then fifthly, finally, be in relationship. You've got verse 10 and 11 there of Moses speaking of the story of Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle. All the people rose and worshipped. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. It was about relationship. But relationship takes commitment, it takes preparation, it takes time, it takes effort. But the amazing thing is God wants that relationship with you and with me. In his presence is fullness of joy, is hope, is security. We could have looked at Hebrews where it talks about being in his presence and the anchor that we have that goes beyond the veil. We could have looked at all different things. But this morning, I just wanted us to say we need every day to be valuing the presence of God with us. And what's amazing is we carry that presence with us wherever we go. Holy Spirit lives inside me, lives inside you. If you believe he lives inside us, we carry God's presence wherever we go. The more we're aware of his presence, the more others will be aware of his presence coming with us. If we're walking in relationship with Father, let me say this slightly differently, walking in relationship with Father brings his presence to our present in which he manifests his presence. Walking in relationship with Father brings his presence, his closeness, his peace, his glory, to our present, where we are at this moment, in which he manifests his presence, presence, showing his miracles, his gifts, and his love to our lives. Yeah? So, I said all of that really to get us to this point where Tom's just going to play some quiet music in the background and I would like us to take just two or three minutes to sit in God's presence and to just value his presence. And I'd encourage you to do this every, every day if you can. 
But right at the moment, let's just take a moment right now to experience God present with us. We know, don't we, he lives within us. We know that we're two or three to gather together, he's present amongst us. We know that God wants to meet us in every situation, in every circumstance. But right now, let us make the decision that we will take some time to be in his presence. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.